Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now, let the show begin. Hello and welcome back to the show. This is your host, Don McCauley. Today, we're welcoming the program author, Dominique Prenet, and he is the author of Flying to Extremes. Before I bring in today's guest, a quick reminder that selected interviews are available on our iPhone app, which can be downloaded in the App Store, as well as on TV in the Roku channel and Amazon Fire TV. Our app name on all platforms is simply The Author Show. Dominique, how are you? Fine, thank you. Thank you for having me here. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. I'm an immigrant. I came to Canada when things were awful in Europe, and I turned the page and started a new life, trying to become a logger in Vancouver, and then became an airline pilot flying in the bush in the Arctic and high Arctic, and then becoming vice president of Nordair in Montreal and Canadian Airlines in Vancouver, and retired as a sailing instructor. So tell us about your book. The book is a description of amazing flying adventures in the Arctic and northern Canada during the 60s with bush plane, on floats, and on skis. Now, who did you write your book for specifically? Who's your target audience? It's mostly for men, either young men who get feeling insecure, misfit, and depressed at one point and want to turn their life around and start anew. And it's also for men who like adventures, who are interested in northern Canada, and it's people during the 60s and who love airplane stories. Now, could you say there's any type of central message or perhaps underlying theme that you would say runs throughout your book? Yes. Live with passion and enjoy life to the fullest and one day at a time. So if you had to choose, what would you say is the single most important idea you're sharing in your book that's really going to add value to the reader's life? When things go very wrong, and they occasionally do, pull up your socks, turn the page. If you have to, go for it with a passion. Now, if you could compare your book with any book out there we might already be familiar with, which book would it be and why? Flying to Extremes is somewhat reminiscent of books describing challenging expeditions in the 50s through jungles and across deserts and up on high mountains using crude maps, primitive equipment, and where people are facing constant challenges. Now, when you were flying as a bush pilot, where did you fly? I was flying in the Arctic and high Arctic in northern Canada during the late 60s, out of Yellowknife on the north shore of Great Slave Lake. I was flying bush planes all over the Canadian Arctic from the border of Alaska to north of the Hudson Bay, over the Arctic Islands and up close to the North Pole. And we were using floats in the summer and skis in the winter. What types of airplanes did you fly? Various types of Cessnas, but mostly old bush planes like the Beaver and the Otters and World War II Beach 18 twin-engine airplanes on floats and on skis. So what was your most unbelievable flight? It was a, a fall through the clouds along the Arctic coast with an otter on floats one summer 
where I was carrying 10 American sports fishermen returning to a lodge on Great Bear Lake along the Arctic coast. And we were in the clouds and started picking up clear ice. This is deadly. I gradually increased power and extended some flaps to try to remain in the air. But at one point, we ran out of power and started falling off the sky. It took 20 minutes to reach the ground. And since the clouds were right down to the tundra, we hit the ground at cruising speed in zero visibility. It turned out to be a small lake, and we spent 12 hours in the tent of a couple of geologists who happened to be there in that summer. We were in the middle of the tundra, a thousand miles away from anybody else, and I thought that was absolutely unbelievable. So did you ever think you and your passengers were going to die? Yes, on several occasions. The closest call was in November 1971. It was... 30 below, 30 Fahrenheit, and I had taken my new wife along to bring a supply of fuel to a prospector's camp near the edge of the tundra, and that was northeast of Great Slave Lake. We went through the ice after landing and had a hard time coming out of the airplane underwater, swimming and trying to climb on the ice. It turned out that the camp was closed, totally empty, and long abandoned. After about five minutes, our clothes were frozen, and I really thought we had had it. I eventually found a small package of paper matches left behind and was able to start a fire. We were rescued several days later by helicopter. What was your most stressful flight? It was an awful flight in winter close to the North Pole. We were flying in the dark in February of 1968, I was asked to go and check the tundra and ice cap with an order on ski for a group of oil and gas companies, including an American one, around the most northern Arctic islands at about latitude 80. We were gone for a week. It was really atrocious. It was dark, minus 60 Fahrenheit. The terrain was all gray and flat with land and ice, which couldn't be identified. There was no horizon because the thin ice crystal in the air blocked the view, and there were no landmarks and no shadows, and I could even see through the windshield because of the ice layer caused on the inside by my own breathing. We had to land several times on the tundra on very rough ice, and at one point, my passenger passed a bottle of whiskey to me in flight, and I thought... They were feeling sorry for me and wanted to cheer me up because I was terrorized up front and peeing in my pants. It turned out that it was just a way of telling me it was cold in the airplane. Their whiskey was frozen. So which flight probably left the most intense memories on your passengers? I imagine it's sinking in the Arctic Ocean with American tourists. In the summer of, I think it was 67 or 68, I was returning to Great Slave Lake with a few American sports fishermen after 24 hours on the Arctic coast to fish for Arctic char. On our way south, we had to turn back because of the weather, and that forced us to return to the Arctic coast. But our airplane sank there during the night. So we camped for a couple of days in an abandoned Inuit hut along the coast. 
under low clouds and drizzle with no food and no fire. And that was a new experience for my rich tourists from Chicago who were used to a somewhat more discerning lifestyle. And it took me two days to get the plane off the water and then fly to a small Inuit community where I was able to use an old high-frequency radio in an empty trading post to call for help because by then we had run out of fuel, so and we were rescued about 24 hours later. So what was your longest trip? Oh, an amazing trip right across the Arctic and back for Canada's centennial in July of 67. I was asked to take three young singers and guitar players, the Tundra Folk Group, right across the Arctic from one end to the other to entertain the Inuits. I was given a long list of small Inuit communities to visit and told to, quote unquote, be back in a couple of months. That was a rather open-ended mission. So we took off from Yellowknife on Great Slave Lake flew northwest to the northern edge of Alaska and progressed towards the east, roughly along the Arctic coast. But it was too early in the season, that was in July, and many of the communities were still iced up and they had not received any drums of aviation fuel, so we couldn't refuel. So we flew east, as far east as the Hudson Bay and some communities north of there but couldn't reach the others because of ice. Eventually, we returned after only one month. So what's your proudest achievement in life? To have managed to turn around when I was a young man. I was in my early 20s. I felt desperate, hopeless, and broken, and feeling like an absolute failure because I had not succeeded in joining one of the top French elite engineering schools. And yet, I managed to gather enough stamina and determination to pull up my socks, emigrate to Canada, turn the page, and start a new life looking for a job. And I started off as a logger of all jobs in British Columbia. Then I rapidly felt better, eventually got an engineering degree, an MBA, an airline pilot's license. I flew for years with passion as a bush pilot in the Arctic and became vice president of Nordair a large regional carrier in Montreal and vice president of Canadian Airlines in Vancouver. So I'm proud of this turnaround in my early life. So what's your message to young people? When things go wrong, as they do, turn the page if you have to, and then go for it with a passion. Now, what was your inspiration to write this book? A passion for doing things at the limit of the envelope. The feeling is so intense that I felt I had to share it. So what do you think makes this book relevant today? I think living intensely and with passion, one day at a time and turning one's life around when things go very wrong is even more important nowadays because the world changes so fast that we frequently feel overwhelmed and we should not give up. So in your opinion, who should buy your book? Anybody interested in living intensely and constructively and anybody who wants to help a young man to turn around and rebuild his life. Do you have a website? 
Yes, I was teaching coastal navigation and celestial navigation for some 15 years and published some books in navigation. So the website is called marinenavigationbooks.com. And in this site, you can find reviews of flying to extremes and place in order from several sources. Otherwise, you can just order it from any bookstore or through Amazon. Could you spell your name for us, please? Yes, it's Dominic Prine, D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E. And Prine is P as in Peter, R-I-N-E-T as in Tom. Well, this has been just great. Our guest today has been Dominique Pernay, and he is the author of Flying to Extremes. Dominique, thanks very much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. This is Don McCauley wrapping up another edition of the Author Show. Go out there, buy the book today, and please share this interview with your friends so that they, too, have the opportunity to discover our guests and their work. The Author Show can be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. Selected interviews can also be found on major platforms like Amazon Fire TV, the Roku Channel, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and many more. And whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books to read, The Author Show is a great place to start. Check us daily as we continue to introduce wonderful authors of very interesting books on The Author Show. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorsshow.com. Theauthorsshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.